Hey, what's up, guys? It's Rico from the Made in China podcast. Uh, before I jump into this week's episode description, I wanted to remind you guys that we launched a YouTube channel uh, just over a couple months ago. Uh, we're trying to, if I don't know if you guys have listened to my goals episode for this year, uh, goals for 2016 versus 2017. But one of my goals this year was to launch a YouTube channel and and average, I think it was a video every two months. Uh, no, no, sorry, a video every two weeks, so like twice a month, basically. Um, yeah, so we have our, our YouTube channel. We're going to have a bunch of new stuff. Like right now, we have like how to visit a factory. The latest video that I just put up was when I was on vacation. I was in Thailand. I was in Chiang Mai, and I, I was comparing a little bit of the life and business in Chiang Mai versus the life and business in Guangzhou. So I think that's a pretty interesting video. It's a little bit more laid back. Uh, I'm sipping on a Negroni on a rooftop bar, but um, I think it's also very interesting. And yeah, we have a lot of very practical, actionable advice videos on YouTube. Like I said, how to visit suppliers, um, when not to negotiate too much with your suppliers, you know, things like that. And then down the pipeline, I actually have, you know, potential documentary type stuff like i actually have a day i recorded a day in the life uh day one and day two day one should be out in a couple of weeks so i'm gonna add a link in the show notes on the website sourceoneasia.com slash made in china um and you can click through there to go to the youtube channel or you can just search source find asia on youtube i don't want to be a product of my environment i want my environment to be a product of me All right, so this week's episode, this is going to be a quick hit, short episode. I wanted to talk about, like, I recently have gone through the process of registering our co- our company, Sourcefine Asia, in mainland China. And I just wanted to talk about that because, you know, while I did a lot of research and I've spoken to so many people about the process, it's never the same as actually going through the process yourself, right? So, um, yeah, let me just jump into it. So, basically, you know... The first question is, when is it necessary for you to register your business in China? Um, I think that if you plan on doing business through China for an extended period of time, let's say uh, five to ten years plus, if you if that is your goal, if you or if whatever, if you plan on doing business through China for the rest of your life and you want to scale out that business to a certain stage, it makes sense once you also are at a certain scale in size. So when I say that, let's say you're selling on Amazon, right? And, uh, you know, you're doing comfortable, maybe, uh, let's say five figures a month uh, in profit. Uh, but really, you don't have that much maintenance. Um, really, it's just like placing re- like reorders, maybe researching your products, um, making small tweaks here and there. And, that, and you're comfortable with that. And then, you know, you're making, you know, six figures profit a year and like you can live the life that you want to live then it's absolutely not necessary for you to register your business in china like you can use other there's other methods to manage your business if you really want to step back completely you know maybe you can work with a sourcing company or you can develop deeper relationships with your manufacturer or whatever it is but if you are doing that and then you're trying to scale out your business and you want to get to a stage where you're doing seven figures and or you're trying to create original designed 
products where there's molding and you want to do multiple products that are original design. Um, I mean, quite frankly, it, it's very rare that it, it it costs, you know, between fifty to three hundred thousand dollars, and fifty is very very low end to create a new product from scratch. You know, so um, you know when you're getting to that stage where you want to be constantly creating new products that are original designed and under your brand then it starts to make sense and this is after you're you're kind of already established and you have the capital this is when it starts to make sense to be registered in mainland because you know you probably aren't going to need to set up an office here you know unless you again partner up with have a deeper partnership with a you know design firm or something like that then you can still be removed but you know once you once you're starting to scale to seven figures like you probably want to have your own people on the ground you know you probably want to have your own office on the ground to to do a full-time qc so that they can be constantly going to factories uh helping with the design for manufacturer process all that stuff so like that's when it starts to make sense to open up a, a business in mainland now Something that you can do very early, and then a lot of people probably you listen to this podcast know about this, is register your business in Hong Kong. So that that is something that you know, regardless of whether you plan on you know being in China for a very long time, it's just beneficial globally to have a Hong Kong registered company. Like if you're a U.S. citizen, um, you can you know put your revenue from your business into your Hong Kong business. And then that way you don't have to pay taxes. You only pay taxes on the revenue that you remove as in- income for yourself. So you, instead of you having to pay taxes on any income you make, um, you know, you're only paying taxes on the money that you actually take out of the business. So you can just keep on reinvesting that and scaling up your, your company. Um, for people around the world, the benefits of working through Hong Kong banking wise, at least is being able to receive any revenue, uh, being able to receive any currency and relatively straightforward bank transfers and send money in any currency rather and then also just a low corporate tax um also if you're not really working through hong kong like if you don't actually have an office in hong kong then you know the taxes are even less you know so there's just a lot of benefits to being registered in hong kong and it doesn't take that much money to register your company in hong kong i don't know what the current prices are but you know, it's anywhere, depending on what industry you're in, it's anywhere between, like, it could be free to, <laughs> to like, $1,000, $2,000 kind of thing. That is, you know, for the most part, I think most people who plan on doing business through, plan on doing business in general with a global international business benefit from registering a, a Hong Kong company. Now, uh, the other part about registering a Hong Kong company is banking, getting a bank account set up is becoming a nightmare. Oh, it has been, it's been a nightmare for the last two to three years. Um, if you are a new business, like if, especially if you're, if you're not from Hong Kong, essentially, um, they want to see that you have a business history and track record and stuff. And I'm not going to go into detail in terms of what that is. If you want to learn more about this stuff, you can check out globalformasia.com. Michael Michelini writes about it all the time. You just can go to Google and type in Hong Kong banks, uh, global from Asia. I'll provide a link in the show notes. But anyways, um, you know, like they basically HSBC, the one of the largest banks in the world, got sued by the U.S. government and they had to pay the U.S. government a billion dollars because they were found to not be reporting, uh, you know, 
income correctly for U.S. citizens, and you know, it was a breach of whatever international banking laws kind of thing. And then since then, you know, all the banks in Hong Kong freaked out, and also there was a lot of uh, money laundering going through those banks. So you know, the, the, those two things combined have created a, a hostile environment for on new entrepreneurs trying to open up a bank account in Hong Kong. Now there's alternative solutions, like for example, there's a startup called Neat. Um, they're a Hong Kong-based, uh, you know, financial services startup, fintech startup, and you know they they just launched their beta, closed beta. They just did a closed beta launch um, a few months ago. I'm I just I applied for it. I'm, I think I'm gonna be in because you know I'm connected. But anyways, they were gonna provide like online banking, just like a virtual bank account, you know. And uh, I think with them, they have less requirements in terms of, you know, the size of your company and stuff like that. So there's there's solutions. I mean, there's other people who register banking through uh, Singapore, um, Estonia. You know, there's there's other ways. Like, but you can still have your company registered in Hong Kong, except your bank just won't be in Hong Kong. So that sucks because if you're around, then it's like you can't just be like in China and pop over to Hong Kong and deal with your banking. You have to have to go to Singapore or whatever, right? So, like, those are those are the the, the cons of, of that situation. But it's better than not having an actual bank account. Uh, yeah. So once you have your Hong Kong, <laughs> completely huge tangent, but yeah, that's it. This is beneficial to register your Hong Kong company first while you're starting up because the the maintenance fees, the registration process, the fees, all that is very low. And again, you don't have to pay ridiculous amount of taxes you start to benefit from day one like you could just be like you running the company by yourself and you know it's beneficial to go through that process now for me we had a hong kong we have a hong kong company but that was registered a long time ago and because i'm in china full time and i've been in china now for three years and you know my business is growing here um we've had an office for the past two years we've scaled up from you know, me, just me working by myself in my apartment to five employees, um, you know, moved into a bigger office this year, um, you know, and I plan on scaling out the business more and more in mainland. It just made sense to now get, once you're, you know, you're making six figures in revenue like we've done this year, um, it just started to make sense to have our company registered in mainland China. This also op- opens up opportunities for us in terms of hiring um, high, like a hiring more experienced or more qualified employees. Uh, not that I don't love my, my current staff. It's just more like if I wanted to hire somebody who was, you know, had been working in sourcing for 10 years or had been working in financial management or whatever for 15 years, they would want to be able to work for a company that's registered in mainland because of longevity and also the benefits that can be provided. So, some of the benefits from registering your company in mainland China is, like I said, that, and then you can start to provide other so like social insurance, like health insurance, all of the benefits that you know employees and companies get better rates for those than me paying my staff. You know what I used to do is I had to pay my staff an extra amount of money every month, um, and then they would apply for their own social insurance and all that stuff. But like now that we're doing it through the company. They get better better benefits, and it's cheaper actually for me. So that's one of the. And then, like I said, we can hire more people, um, hire like more qualified people, 
and then you know there's other things we have now a chinese bank account which means you know we can transfer money from our hsbc account to our chinese account and and you know basically pay suppliers and stuff like that in rnb we can also receive payments in rnb if I, if i was to get paid in china um and yeah it just it creates a more legitimate environment now the good part is when you have a hong kong business it's it makes the process of registering your mainland china business easier because one your documents are already written in chinese uh two you have a track record so for the chinese government they look at that and say okay these guys already have a business and then like i said your documents are already in chinese so you don't have to like fill out as many and one thing you you learn about doing business in china in terms of doing stuff with the government is so much red tape so many documents you have to sign so like having that having that leg up just in, it cuts down your registration process by probably half but you can still expect that your registration process is going to take 2 to 3 months to do so the first step is you know you you have your hong kong company now you need to find an agency to help you through the the business registration process in china i do not recommend you do it by yourself because it's it's a nightmare you don't want to be running to all the different government buildings that you have to go to so we worked with an agency called high touch i can again i can provide a link and uh essentially they charged us for the initial process uh was like four grand would have been like just a base fee so that's like just getting your your business licenses four grand usd now because we had a hong kong business and we wanted them to be linked we wanted the hong kong company to be a parent company to the chinese company like i said the benefits are speeding up the process but also it provides some protection right so like if we ever owed money in china um they would go after the hong kong company first and obviously there's like there's a I'm a step removed from that like I, you know we have a limited company in china and then they can go after the hong kong company but the hong kong company is also a limited company and then it's like you know then they would have to come after me but there's there's two two steps involved there so we're a little bit more protected from a financial standpoint and uh it just makes things a little bit easier in terms of in filing for investments and all that stuff so we had to get our hong kong documents certified so we had to go through a lawyer in hong kong this added another two thousand dollars to the process already at 6k and then you know the the process from there was just signing a bunch of documents um you know deciding who the different people are going to be in the company so you have like the chairman you have the financial uh financial responsible person financial department leader you have the um you know administrative leader you have like there's like about four or five positions that have to be registered with the government you can one person can be all of those but obviously i made myself the chairman i made my business partner a director um and then i made our project manager uh, i believe like admin something and then i'm also finance so uh you have to decide who those people are the very important ones are you know the chairman and then also the financial person because the financial person is the one who holds the stamp and that means that I, that that's the only person that can deal with anything related to banking you know so when you go you register a bank account anything like you could be the chairman of your company and if you're not the financial person you can't deal and you can't deal with the bank like you can't go to the bank and 
you know change any information or take money out of the account like you'd have to be there with a financial person so it's very important that if you want to be in total control of your company make yourself the chairman and then also make yourself the you know financial i forget what it's called the actual it's like financial legal representative something like that um so yeah so you know we paid and then you go through like two three months um I'm trying to remember all the stuff that we signed. It was just basically signing a bunch of documents. Um, and then the good part is working with the agency. We didn't have to go to all the various government buildings and stuff like that. They would just send us documents and then we'd sign them, stamp them uh, with our Hong Kong stamp at the time. Um, and then, you know, fill out any additional information they needed from us and then send it back to them. And then they'd send us some documents later. And then, yeah, within two to three months, we got our business license. Now, after you get the business license, you have to go through the process of getting your bank account license. How you do that is you go, they make an appointment for you. You go to the bank, you bring your business license, um, and then you bring all your stamps. Um, and then, you know, you sit there for an hour and sign and stamp 50 documents. About two weeks later, they give you the you get like this license from the government that says that you're allowed to open your account and then when you go this is the part that they didn't tell me which i wish they told me is like <laughs> now you go to to open your account you have to deposit about ten thousand dollars this is in guangzhou by the way so it, it depends like shenzhen Hong, shanghai uh beijing any you know it's gonna vary it's gonna be more expensive it's gonna be less expensive depending on where you're registering your company and also who you're working with. So we had to put $10,000 into this account and just let it sit there. We have to. Like, I just did this and it's, it was pretty painful. But, you know, uh, this is brought, like, just the main things that you need to realize is when you're registering the company in mainland, this is why it doesn't make sense to do it so early. Is like you're talking about spending over $15,000 in the registration process, you know. And you just have to be financially prepared. It has to be worth it long term. You have to be serious about being in China long term. So anyways, yeah, so we had you put the money in the account. And then once you put the money in the account, you go to the bank and then they give you your dongle. You get two dongles. This is the if you don't know what a dongle is, it's like that device that a bank gives you that uh, gives you random passwords when you're making transfers and accessing your online banking. And uh, one is like the operational one. One is like the one that gives all the random passwords. And then the other one is like a confirmation one. So you can have them separate. Like you can give your accountant whatever the operational one. And then you keep the confirmational one. So if anybody tries to transfer money from your account, you know, once they go through all the steps, you still have to confirm that the transfer, like that you're expecting a transfer to go through. And you still have to say, yeah, okay, you, you know, let the transfer go through. And then, yeah, you get your bank card, and uh, that's pretty much it. And like I said, you have to let the money sit in the account for, you know, it varies again a couple months, uh, month, you know, it depends. You can take out money slowly, but there's like no standards to it. It's better to just leave the money in the account. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's pretty much the entire process. It's beginning to finish. We started our process in like July. I want to say July, August. I think it was August. We started in August, and this is the beginning of November, and we just we just started to complete it. So, yeah, um, and yeah, it depends on the kind of business that you're registering. Like we registered a, a manufacturing consulting company, um, which means we can do import export. 
um and then like i mean if you're doing fintech if you're doing you know uh just tech in general if you're doing you know uh, legal like it's going to be a different process the costs are going to be slightly different but generally the process will be the same is just you know like it might be more expensive to do fintech um it might be cheaper because maybe the government wants more technology companies you know you might be able to get different grants and you might be able to speed up the process then as well doing it in a different city if we went to a smaller city the process might be faster it might be cheaper because the government wants people to expand outside of the big cities right so yeah i mean that's the entire process so get start off with getting a hong kong company uh figure that out figure that process out and then maybe a couple years down the line when you're scaling up your business to a certain stage then you want to go through the mainland registration process uh beyond that as well when it comes to uh like the visa situation if you have a mainland company you can then apply for uh what's called the residency permit and the the good part about having a residency permit is again like when you're on like a tourist visa or a business visa like you have to constantly leave the country even if you have a 10 year visa you have to like be out of the country every 60 days um and then a business visa is like is shorter than 10 years i think one you can get a business visa for 6 months 1 year 2 years um but yeah it's like that allows you to be here but then you have you're not free right like you're constantly having to leave china and come back and if you're in southern china where i am like you just have to pop over to hong kong or macau it takes 2 hours uh, it's like 40 bucks of uh, you know maybe 80 yeah yeah about 80 dollars return So it's not too bad but like you know it is inconvenient right so once you have your your mainland business set up then you can apply for residency permit the first residency permit you get is 1 year and then after that i think you get 5 10 years and then just it just means like you can be in china for the duration of a year you don't have to leave um and also like like legally you're allowed to like earn money in mainland um and you know you're like it's just like it just makes you more makes you more legitimate in terms of you living in China kind of so yeah that is the process if you guys have any more questions uh feel free to reach out uh, like i said i'm going to provide links to all the stuff that i talked about on the website and yeah check out the youtube channel check out 5 days in nantong and the other videos that we have up there all right so if you want to reach out to me it's podcast at sourcefinasia.com um obviously instagram at sourcefinasia youtube sourcefinasia facebook sourcefinasia you know where to find us cheers be forever unfinished yeah it's all open and it had me all for a minute had you all since beginning damn i must be coaching cuz i'm not playing with them can you not see the difference i mean i keep the fucking lights on in the building man my record deal should be 500 million goddamn can't have everything can't have everything
at the Sheridan. All that shit embarrassing. Tell your big homie I'm all for going there again. He ain't even dying, I bought with his inheritance. All that's in my account at the Bank of America. All that Drake hysteria. Six side, east side.